hey, welcome to the Mom Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Comers, owner of Mom Culture. I'm just a mama who's winging it and hopefully winning it, trying hard to raise good humans while running my brand. On season two of our podcast, we're going to have even more authentic conversations about motherhood with some of my favorite mama friends. We're going to talk about how we navigate it all, pick our battles, run our business, and how we support our fellow mama kind. I hope you pick up a few nuggets of inspiration and information along the way. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the chat. Hi, Mamas. Hi, it's Sarah. And we're back with our favorite new mommy, Julie, for the third installment of our first year of motherhood. So Julie, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you great. How are you doing? Perfect. Doing good. How's baby? I'm enjoying motherhood. You're great. That's great. Yeah, she's 15 months now, so we passed the year mark. (laughs) We we sure did. We're a little behind. I mean, obviously, we're way behind, but we looked at what has it been like exactly a little over a year since we like last podcasted with you? Within a few days, yep. Okay, that's great. That's totally me. That's how I roll. (laughs) I mean, we should just say it was intentional, right? (laughs) Totally. Because everything I do is so well planned out and intentional. (laughs) So, so, okay. So she's 15 months. When we left off, she was 11 weeks. So you are officially past the one-year mark of motherhood. So tell us how was the fourth trimester, or how's the fourth trimester been for you? Yeah. um, I would say a lot of emotions. (laughs) You think? <laughs> um, yeah. And again, like, you guys have prepped me pretty well, like, because you are, well, Gina's there too. You guys are both seasoned mamas. Hey, Gina. Hey. Um, hello, hello. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you guys have kind of given me a little glimpse, but as you always said, like, you never know until you're in the trenches. So I can say I've been through some trenches. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of emotions, a lot of joyful emotions, more so, but. There's definitely been some terrifying and lonely (laughs) sad moments, I guess. It really is. It is like one of the biggest emotional roller coasters the first year. I was thinking of like preparation of talking with you today. I was like trying to like my very first, you know, first year with Lily. And I was like, I mean, I remember so much, but there is so much that's like a blur because it was such <laughs> like I was in the thick of it and I mean I didn't sleep for the first four, four years so I really was yeah. I'm surprised I remember anything from that like whole period of time to be quite honest but it is it's a <laughs> don't you agree Gina it's like such an emotional roller coaster that first year I think so of just becoming yeah, right just becoming and learning and learning and figuring it all out and you're and I think you kind of Block out the bad stuff. Oh yeah, that's why yes. we do when it again. You look back, you're like, oh, they were so perfect and small, and everything was wonderful. <laughs> but you so cute. You probably cried a lot. You just don't remember. Oh yeah. yeah, No, and I remember. I can vividly remember several moments. I know we're going to get into like breastfeeding and all that kind of stuff, but that was. I think that's been the hardest thing for me. Like everybody says it's a natural thing, and I get that it is, but it doesn't come naturally. Oh and no, it's, hogwash! It's a constant battle, even once. Like we worked through her latch issues and she never had a tongue tie, never had a lip tie. We had everything checked, thankfully. But um, yeah, she just had trouble latching and then she was a chewer. So I had clogged ducts almost every other month, ended up with mastitis toward the end. And like, (laughs) 
lots of crying for both of us. <laughs> okay, well, let's dive into that because you and I actually did have very similar experiences yes. with our first nursing experiences. Lily yes. was, I mean, it was it was awful. It I had always heard, you know, and you're reading all those books, it comes super, super natural, and it was anything <laughs> but. And yep. <laughs> we had latch issues. We had jaundice, um, milk, you know, coming in late. Like I had an SNS system. I had a nipple shield. Mm-hmm. I had, I had a Hungarian nurse who was amazing, but she pinched my nipples. TMI here, <gasps> pinched my nipples Ouch. to try to get like colostrum to come out. But she did it so oh, yeah. aggressively that like the next day they were black. And when the oh lactate, oh, they, it was horrible. And I was like, okay, I know my sister said they're supposed to get bruised, but like, what the hey. And when the lactation nurse came in, she's like, honey, who did that to you? And I said, well, the nurse. Wow. And it was like, yeah. So I had such a hard time. And I'm with you. I think all of my emotion, like the sadness part, like and just the like disappointment was all around nursing for me. And Mm -hmm. I and Mm -hmm. so I can totally relate. And um, you know, on that, like, it's it's so hard and you're told in all the books that, oh, if it hurts, you're doing it wrong. Oh, if it feels yep. uncomfortable, you're doing it wrong. No, that shit hurts. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's awkward. And it takes you and the baby this, like, time to work out the kinks. And honestly, nobody oh. was honest with me. I will say my sister said, she's like, if you stick with it for six to eight weeks, I promise you, you'll get to the other side of it and it'll be worth it and it feels better. But she was honest she was like, yeah, it's not that easy. But what about you, mm-hmm. Gina? I feel like you had a more positive first experience, right? Yeah, I would say I think it came a lot easier for me as far as my milk coming in. I had plenty of supply. For me, um, with my first especially, I know she wanted to nurse all the time. And that was probably the one thing where my expectation was different because... Than the reality. Um all the books, the doctor was like, oh, she'll nurse every two to three hours. And it'd be like 45 minutes and she wanted to eat again. And I'm like, but this mm-hmm. is not what the book said. It's not normal. Yep. So, and, and, <laughs> and I had a friend who like talked me off that ledge and she was like, just do it. Just feed her when she's hungry. Don't listen to the books. Don't listen to the doctor. Just go with the baby. And that's what saved me, honestly. And then it did. It all leveled out that's and great. She, she started eating. But the whole nursing part I think was pretty smooth for me. I, in, in some senses, I had too much milk. Um, no, it's true. You not, were able which, to donate, which is amazing. Milk, yeah. But I had friends who didn't produce milk, friends who had mastitis like, you know, seven times oh. in the first month. And so oh. it, it's hard. And I think there's just not enough information and support out there of how difficult it can be. No, I think now, um, you know, we're 15 and a half years in. Yeah. And, you know, we actually talked about this during the postpartum episode is how much more um, true information is out. Thanks to social media, thanks Mm -hmm. to blogs, thanks to like people that wrote actual books that are helpful that don't tell you that, you know, oh, if it hurts, you're doing it wrong. They're like, no, this hurts and it's miserable, (laughs) and you know, and you want to cry and you're setting for hours. I think that was hard too. I was a, you know, you guys know me, I'm a busybody. Like I'm all over the place. I'm like the energizer bunny unless I'm sick. So for me having to sit still, especially at 26, because that's back man when Sarah was on fire, I was like all over the place. (laughs) I was like, I just wanted to get out of that chair. I was going insane. But I will say, like, I now look back, and I told you this, Julie, is, like, I do cherish those moments, um, even though in the reality of it, it was so hard. I look back that, like, I would give anything to have the, that, like, chair time back again. 
because it's such mm. a short period of time. But it's like when yes. you're in it, you can't tell yourself. And like, I think I was still trying to work out the mechanics that I wasn't super mobile. By the time I had the second one and the third one, I mean, I could clean the house, cook dinner, chase a dog. I, I, <laughs> like I, I could do anything nursing, but like when you're first in it, you're like yeah. in the chair well, with and the pillow. Especially, especially when you have issues, because exactly. once I had her latching without the nipple shield, I didn't want to change anything. I didn't want it to be my fault. Oh, you're fault like, don't rock pee. the boat, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, I really have to pee and I'm hungry, but I'm just going to sit here and focus on something else. <laughs> You know? Yeah, no, it's so true. You don't want to rock the boat. Like I got to the point where it was like we finally got the mechanics down, but I was still using and I shared that with you. We were on a nipple shield to almost eight months. It was so bad. And I had had mastitis twice at that point and they were talking about it. I mean, even though I boiled and did all the stuff and cleaned all my equipment, they were like, well, the use of it, the milk doesn't, and I don't know if you heard this, Julie, but the milk they say doesn't draw out the same way because the suction is a little bit different. And so they're like, that's probably... Yeah, like limit yeah. the stimulation or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And so they said that that's probably why you're getting it. So I remember sitting with my eight-month-old Lily and being, okay, girl. Like, and that was me talking to her. I'm like, I had her and the dog there. I'm like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to do <laughs> this without this thing. I like held it up, the nipple shield. I showed it to her. I'm like, you don't need this. I don't need this. We <laughs> together, girl, can figure this out. And I sat there for like, I want to say a good 45 minutes of uncomfortableness of her not really like because she was so used to it but seriously Mm -hmm. we worked it out and I went on to nurse her until she was almost 19 months old so I mean we had we had a great great after that point but it it was a it was a rocky eight months so for me that expectation versus the reality were nothing like I had read Julie how long do you think it took to get it to the point where it was comfortable and you felt at ease with it or did you never get there? No, I guess I had like overall a majority. It was a pleasant experience for sure. Like once we worked past all the issues and like knowing that it was the best for her, I was able to like breathe through it and like get through the pain and like all this stuff. But yes, knowing that it does hurt, even if you are doing it right, it will hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but the the hardest part was like, in the very beginning, I wasn't producing enough because, yeah, they gave me a nipple shield right away. They didn't really teach me how to breastfeed for whatever reason. It wasn't working right away in the hospital. They're like, here, you need this. And then, yeah, it was the same kind of path that you and Lily went down. And so I wasn't producing enough. She wasn't eating enough. She lost weight when we went to the doctor. And they're like, okay, well, you need to supplement with formula. And that was one of those, like, expectations versus reality for me because, again, like, we, we all know that is best. And I remember you saying that years ago to me. And taking that to heart and I was like okay but I want to do everything in my power to breastfeed if I can right and so hearing that I had to supplement with formula so my baby was thriving was like okay like that was like a wake-up call to me and obviously I did it but I like did everything in the book I ate all the lactation cookies I like pumped extra there's this thing called like power pumping so you can like up your production we got off the nickel shield and same thing it was a lot of tears for me and her um, but like working through all of that was so exhausting on top of like me physically recovering, trying to eat enough, trying to sleep. And Haley was the same as Riley. It sounds like where, um, she was, you know, up every hour, if not every two hours of like I'm hungry and every feed was 30 to 45 minutes. Like it was a long feed. So I was sitting there the whole time. Like, okay, <laughs> here's my whole day. 
Well, and that for um, you, because you're so active too, but in a different way, right. that had to be a really hard reality that you That was now, mentally really yeah, tough. Especially yeah. food. Like you have yes. to feed Julie. <laughs> Julie eats six to eight times a day. She's very active, very physically fit and like CrossFit and all this stuff. You have to feed her like an infant, essentially. Every two hours she's eating something. So the fact that you're yes. probably stuck under a baby, not wanting mm-hmm. to rock the boat, and starving, right. that is an emotional mess I'm glad I missed, I hate to say. <laughs> no, I will. Here's a, a shameless plug for my husband. He was amazing and was able to be home during that time. So he loved to cook in general, but he was the one that was like forcing me to eat while I was sitting down with her. He was like, here's a meal, eat it however you're going to eat it. Here's a spoon, a straw, whatever it is, you know, but he would like always get the food ready for me. And all I had to do was like, muster up the courage to eat because it was like I remember sitting there and being like you know she'd be down for a nap and I'm like okay I'm exhausted I'd rather go to sleep than eat but I also knew the flip side of that was I'm still going to be hungry when I wake up (laughs) so it was like I have 30 minutes do I sleep do I shower or do I eat you know yeah and you have to that's the thing you have to always pick your battles um for Mm -hmm. you I have to ask because you are such a feeder I swear (laughs) you don't know hunger until you know postpartum nursing hunger oh yeah I mean I'm a feeder too I like I eat like a giant trucker man um but I was like I one time devoured my first week home with Remy there used to be this place up the street that had these amazing chicken burgers I mean they were like like a big kahuna style you know Hawaiian giant oh yeah I threw back two of those and my brother was here visiting and he's like did you just I can't even eat half he's like did you just really throw back two of those and I was like oh yeah and I want some fries I was I mean I ate enormous amounts of food because I was starving all the time Mm -hmm. well that's the thing is like nursing takes it out of you and that's why it's so crucial like again like Gina said or I think one of you said but going into second baby and third baby like you kind of know what to expect now with your own body so like now I'm not pregnant, but like <laughs> thinking about future kids, like I know kind of what to prep and what I'm going to need. So like having those expectations versus like the book expectations, totally. you know? So I think that makes a difference too. Like I think a lot of people say going from zero to one kids is the hardest. And then when you go one to two or two to three or whatever, like it's a little bit easier in the sense of, you know what to expect for yourself. You know how your kids are going to be generally. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, you can only, you can only anticipate and learn so much from other people and from textbooks and it helps, but it's not like for those of us who like the black and white answers, it's never going to be black and white. No, and that's what Gina and I tried to tell you. I think in our post episode is we were like, we tried to tell you, but you, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know till you're in it and other moms can Mm -hmm. tell you things and, you know, you can take the information, you know, and, uh, you know, listen and apply it, but you um, ultimately, like, you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know until you're in right. it and the personalities. And Gina and I were just talking before we started the podcast about just how different each kid is. And that's the thing is, mm-hmm. you know, as you have more, you'll even more challenges and new ones will come up um, that weren't part of Haley's experience, like your first experience at all. It just oh, constantly yeah. changes, you know. I had sure. such yeah. a great nursing experience with Remy that was completely unlike Lily. It was beautiful from the start, but guess what? The ending was awful. He tripped one day and tore that little webbing oh, flap. Right. Oh yeah. His yeah. gum swelled up. 
and he was so uncomfortable he couldn't he couldn't drink anything he couldn't like no suction and he he stopped nursing and it was so abrupt and it was without any preparation and any warning and I ended up again like mastitis engorged it was just like this like stuffing cabbage and tea leaves and everything in my bra trying to like get comfort okay did the cabbage thing actually help because I didn't try that oh yeah no it it, really it's so weird it shrinks down and wilts um really oh yeah but it does give you relief the tea bags I'm on the fence but I was like I'm like you I was throwing everything at like the kitchen sink at it I was like if I read it I was like I'm trying it but the cabbage yeah it's like what have you got to lose at that point when you're you know it's two in the morning no one else is awake to help you like you're in so much pain she's finally asleep and you're like just I'm gonna try whatever like I don't care (laughs) yeah no you really do that's the thing and like everybody again everyone's different everyone's journey is completely Mm -hmm. different and we can tell you and share as much but until you're in it you just don't know so my other question is then like we're saying like with the expectations realities what are some other like expectations that you had that completely the reality was just way different Hmm. Like things you thought you would do. Like, did you think you yeah. would cloth diaper? Did you think you would rock her to sleep? Or Yeah, did you think you would like, you know, put her down and like do cry it out and you change, like those things, you know, because everyone has yeah. these plans as we talked about. Yeah. But then you're like, oh yeah, that, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> gonna like, work. no, 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 that's not going to work. Right. No, I think, you know, <laughs> a praise report is a lot of stuff has gone to plan or like the expectation has kind of met reality. Um, I never had the expectation to cloth diaper full time, and it's amazing that some women do. And now that I am home full time, I have considered because diapers are expensive. They're like forty cents each. <laughs> I was like, maybe when we're at home, we can cloth diaper, and then when we're on the go, use disposable. Which I know some people do that. So I, I was I'm one exploring of those. that thought. You did that? I, I did. I because Ward yeah. was not. My husband was not on board with cloth diapering, and I really was. Right. But he was like, uh-uh. And then I finally convinced him. Um, after the one year mark. And so Lily was cloth mm-hmm. diapered basically from about, I want to say 15 months till she potty trained, but mostly part time because we were at home and we'd go to like play dates and stuff. She would have a regular diaper, but she also potty trained right when I brought Remy home. So she was two years and two weeks. Oh, wow. And then, early. yeah, yeah. Uh, she, true Lily fashion, she was like, you're not going to not give me attention. So why you've got this baby and you're sending down to nurse him, <laughs> I, I go potty, I, I potty. So I potty trained her with a giant nursing pillow and a newborn. Like, you know, you're home already. So it was kind of perfect timing, but not what I expected. Again, the reality was way different. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, I I can give you some tips. I loved cloth diapering, especially here and you're in a similar climate. I I love um, just the freedom that the kids have, especially like outside play and all of that. So I'll give you some tips. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm just starting to like investigate it. And again, it wouldn't be full time just being realistic about it like yeah I know probably when you're on the go but like you know if you could do half the amount of diapers like it would cut down costs and the trash in the landfill significantly so yeah I'm open to that it increases water usage of course and like you do have to buy special so like there is cost that people I feel like don't factor into it that's a good point yeah Um, yeah, but like drying and stuff like in the climate you're in it's great for so yeah Mm -hmm. I'll definitely when you're ready I'll give you some tips and some people actually a little shameless plug um babies in bloom Rochelle you know her we met her um at Alt Summit I actually bought all of my first diapers from her and she's amazing and she's still so she's up to date on everything so she's a great resource they actually I don't know if they're doing any more online classes but they were doing like 
uh, 101 into a cloth diapering, like explaining all that, because there are so many different options. And if you talk to like our moms, like my mom was like, mm-hmm. oh, the burp cloth things with like the covers and the service. And I was like, no, no, no. Like they're like, like a oh, diaper. Yeah. Don't like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that generation. Like one generation. Is yeah. Safe. It's yeah. so, so different. Um, you know, and it was funny when my mom saw the the diaper, she was like, well, these look like regular, like, and they're so soft and they're so cute. And they're so, you know, oh, and I was like, yeah, no, like safety pins or anything. Like, I guess no. that used to be the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are some, uh, some cloth diaper moms that still do, especially for newborns, just because there's so many, they still oh, use that method. Yeah. But yeah, I used a lot of all in ones. I used fitteds with covers, um, so they could air out differently. There are, I mean, there's so many options and they are there's so many. Yeah, yeah. And they really basically are like, a regular functional diaper. Um, but again, there's pros and cons to everything. There is added costs, you know, water usage, like I said, detergent. It's a lot of work mm-hmm. for you. You do have to install like a special uh, device on your toilet. So it is an investment. <laughs> so full disclosure, okay. that reality no, I mean, versus the know. expectation yeah. of saving money. It yep. is again, it's huge, but yeah, it's, it's fun. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat off the podcast about that unless people what uh, cloth diaper. <laughs> yeah. Let, <laughs> episode, us know. <laughs> let us know. So anything else that oh, you man. feel like just you scrapped that you were like gonna do? I'm trying to think, and it's, it probably all sounds really trivial because again, like I did, you know, I'm 31 now, so I didn't have our first baby until I was 30. So had a lot of time to research and ask around and kind of have that like background where as a lot of women maybe are like thrown into motherhood in their 20s, you know, and so like they kind of just have to figure it out as they go where I'm thankful I had a little bit more time to like consider options and possibly, you know, again, possibly how I wanted to raise our children and like, again, it's different expectations versus reality, but like kind of having an idea instead of in it and going, okay, what do I do now, you know? Well, and you weren't um, alone either. Like your friends have right. kids. So, right. yeah, yeah I we're, was alone. We're not the first in our friends group to have kids. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you have friends so at like all helped. stages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have some friends that have, like you guys, have teen kids. And then there's some that have newborns. And so it's it's fun kind of being the aunt in that situation of like, oh, yeah, cool. Like I'm learning from you and what not to do maybe. You know? <laughs> different things but um yeah I think the most trivial one that maybe everybody can relate with is the clutter aspect of it because we're in the toddler zone now she's walking and getting into everything (laughs) which we all knew would happen um but yeah I'm I've come to terms with only cleaning the house like only tidying up once a day and that's at the very end of the day when she goes down because I used to do it like at nap times and all the stuff and then every all the toys and books would be everywhere again and then I would just drive myself nuts and I'm like okay let's just pick our battles and know that this isn't gonna like change and she's learning like okay put back you know like clean up so I'm teaching her these things and she's enjoying doing it because she knows she's helping but it's not to my standards <laughs> so like you have high standards of organization I do, I do. yeah it's so good. again I'm like I'm settling, right? I'm like compromising with this kind of stuff. So like, I know it's not always going to be like this because this is a short amount of time and I'm embracing that, right? I'm not going crazy anymore. There was like a short amount of time where I was like, oh, the house is never going to be clean. But I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying the sticky handprints on the walls. (laughs) Like like, I almost don't want to clean them now because it's so cute. And I'm like, oh, she kisses the mirror and like whatever, you know? So it's like these little reminders that I have a little one. It's, It's really fun. So 
I'm kind of working through that, I guess. <laughs> now, I'm glad. You know, one thing I said to you that I thought, and it was actually all of us that were talking about it, is that you are so in control all the time. We're like, she has no clue how mm-hmm. out of control she's about to get because, I mean, you can, I mean, you can have these schedules and do all these things. But again, the reality versus the expectation about, you know, right. what and how it's all going to be, you have to learn to surrender and let go. Mm-hmm. And some days you have to literally throw up the white flag and be like, nope, we're not doing that because you'll go crazy. Yep. Well, and I think you're yep. on the right track with just enjoying it because I see that too. You know, we've got teenagers and, and kids and so there's backpacks and there's shoes and there's a hoodie thrown on the floor. Chips everywhere. <laughs> Chips. It's just, they just come with stuff, you know, papers uh, from school. Yep. Or it's just stuff. But I tell myself, if I didn't have any of the stuff, then the kids will be gone. Like they'll have be maybe old moved out and then, right. and then I'm alone. So it's like, okay, do I want to have them around? Just enjoy them while they're here. It's like a trade-off. Yeah. Yep. And then have a messy house and someday my house will be clean and I'll probably be sad that it's so clean. Well, and you'll be looking so. for something to do because you're like, well, I already cleaned and yeah. no one's yeah. messing it up. So it's still clean. So just enjoy the moment, enjoy the stage you're in and then it'll change. Thank the mess you. will, the mess will become different. That's all. Oh yeah. The mess right. becomes way different. I swear I'm over chips and string cheese wrappers. I find, oh my God. I find them in the couch cushions. I'm like, really? You can't oh. go throw them away. Like what well, is and that? Well, I bet the dogs find them at some point, oh, right? The dog like, finds everything. Find the dog found a candy cane. Yes, I already have candy canes in the house. The no. dog is obsessed with candy canes, and she found one this morning that someone left on the coffee table. I was like, great. Okay, let's let's just take a pause real quick. So everybody, this is beginning of November, and Sarah has already decorated for Christmas. So I think that's amazing. Okay. Because <laughs> that's huge for her. It, it is huge. And this is, again, you know, right? You evolve, you change, you learn. Mm-hmm. I realized that I, November is busy for everybody, but we right. happen to have um, our anniversary and that's important to my husband. Sorry, it's just, I'm not going oh that God. way. Not even to you. No, like, I mean, I celebrate, but I don't know. I'm just like, not, I'm not that way. Like, it's like, yay, yeah. we survived. <laughs> I haven't killed you yet. Yay. Um, but it's, so we have our anniversary. My daughter got invited to a Lizzo concert, which I am super jealous of. Um, we have Thanksgiving, which my sister's, you know, hosting, which is great. But then the next day we're taking like seven of the teenage girls to the spa, which my sister, it's like her new annual thing. Like basically I realized that I've got all this stuff on my plate and I always feel behind when it comes to throwing up the tree. And then I feel like I'm running around like a crazy person. I was like, this year I'm going to change it up. I'm going to put it up when I have like a weekend free, which the weekend that I did, I had nothing going on, nothing on my calendar. I cleaned out our shed. I like got stuff ready for a garage sale. Like I just had this weekend of complete productivity and I put the tree up and then I put the mantle up and then I put the hot cocoa bar up and I felt, I mean, it's weird. It's up. It was up like the second week or the first week of November, but I now I'm I'm not stressed. I'm going to go into the holiday season with that done and off my plate and it feels so, so good. And now you can actually enjoy it. You're not going to like regret or what's the word no like have I have that sort zero. of resentment towards the decorations you know it's like oh I can actually admire it like it, well exactly and like yeah. you know they say that like people that put up their Christmas decorations are supposed to be happier so I'm like woohoo let's try it and you oh, know good. also too in our family you keep the tree up for a week after New Year's it's like this whole like you know my grandmother had that tradition well mm-hmm. I had read last year about not keeping your decorations up into the new year because basically um, there was this idea that you carry your baggage from the previous year into the new year with you. 
And Hmm. we all know I had a really rough year last year. And so I was like, oh no. When I read that, it spoke to my soul. And I'm like, I am not carrying that baggage into the next year. I'm going to free myself. So we literally put everything away before New Year's. And that felt really good. Did it help? You know, I think we had, I I think it's been a growing year. I'm not going to say that it's, I mean, still really rough, but I do think that I had less baggage this year in my life. So I think my new thing is going to be like the first week of November, everything goes up. And then like two days after Christmas, everything comes down. That's amazing. Yeah. So yes, I have my Christmas tree out. No shame. No shame, people. (laughs) So, so Julie, Um, I I was going to ask Yeah, I was going to say, I I thought of one, one other thing that changed like after having babies. Mm -hmm. So I've been a Christian my entire life, but as you know, like the things the world throws at you, you get your faith tested. So with becoming a mother, I have definitely like intentionally plugged in more to my church and Bible study and like being more intentional about my connection to God because it's been kind of how you described it, this like postpartum anxiety, you know, especially with like current events going on and all kinds of nonsense, which you know, who knows? Maybe it's not any different than our parents went through, but it's like our different, right? Like we're living through it and it's our stress. And it's like, you know, when you're going through it, it's, it's a thing. So like that has like forced me to lean more on the Lord because I can't like what I'm focusing on now is like, I can't just have faith for myself. Right. It's like now I'm concerned with a whole other person. Well, yeah, you you're know? fostering so it's like, her faith now too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like this amazing, but also terrifying. Sort of thing. Well, again, you're so responsible it's, it's for shaping great. a human, right? And we told you it's a right, terrifying right. job that every day you're like, I'm mucking it up. Like that's, we all go to bed right. with like, did we do enough? Were we, you know, yeah. did we accomplish yep. enough? Did we like help them enough? Like you go to bed with like that level of mom. So it, it's, it's a lot of pressure. So of course, like fostering mm-hmm. faith, I think that that's huge. Like in finding community, however mm-hmm. you find it, like we talk about that all the time. Like you need the connection. Women are not meant to do this yes. alone. Yeah. And yep. modern, you know, times has kind of like, oh, we can have jobs and we can do this. And we are like, no, 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 no. We cannot do it all. And we, uh, more importantly, right. we cannot do it all alone, period. Exactly. Like yep. I have so much respect for people that seem to do it all. But when you like normally you get down to what is it? Brass tacks. They're not doing it all. I mean, something right. has fallen somewhere. Right. No, none of us yeah. are doing it all. No, not at yeah, all. Yeah. You have to either delegate or you're not paying attention to something. Right. Like if you have six things going on, it's like you're either really, really good at delegating and handing things off and working together with other people. Or it's like you're paying so much attention to your job that your kids feel neglected or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, a, it's a constant like balance of imbalance. I always say like the more I focus yep. on work, the more stuff was like falling by the wayside at home. And the more I focus at home, the more stuff is falling by wayside work wise. And unless you're fortunate exactly. enough to have, um, like in my case, paid help, like you have to yep. have, like I don't currently have any paid help other than a housekeeper, which I have zero regrets about that. It was originally how mm-hmm. why I started my business was so I could afford a housekeeper because <laughs> I needed help. Yes. Um, but it's true. Like you, not everyone has that help. So the fact that you're, you know, however you're seeking it, you know, community at church, community groups with like play groups, like I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that I just wanted to speak out about because like you guys have talked about it too. And it really is essential. Even if you feel like you don't 
want to be around other people or you like feel exhausted and you don't want to talk or whatever. It's just, there's just something about being around like-minded individuals, whether you're at church or whether in a mommy and me fitness class or going to some classes with the kid or, you know, whatever. It's like, it's nice being with other people that are in your same season. So that's just all I want to say. (laughs) No, I think it's good. I also think there's that value in being with people in person because I think a lot mm-hmm. of times online, you know, people will portray a wonderful existence and everything is perfect. Yes. And then when you see them in person, you're like, oh, no, you're a hot mess just like I am. And so yep. when again, whether that, yeah, like you're saying, is it at church? Is it at the park? But just to connect with people in a, in right. a real way, I think is important as a mom, because then you, you know, you're not just comparing yourself to something that's unattainable. You're seeing the reality. I mean, my mom, yes. it was like coffee. Like they, she would get together with her friends and have coffee. And then all the moms would be sitting in the kitchen and all us kids would be playing. But I think they had Aww. that. Um, that's, that was their generation of how they connected. So no, that's I love so that. true. Yeah. My great aunt, yeah. that was the same way. It was like coffee. Everyone would come over and the kids would play. And yeah, no, I think it's and community it, yeah, and that's so the important. Thing, it doesn't, and it doesn't need to be a lot. Like you guys don't have to have a girl's night out and have three hours to yourself. Like you said, like just an hour of playtime with the girl, like the kids and then the moms can talk and have coffee. Like that's all it is, you know, just having some sort of connection like that is huge. Yeah. We used to do play dates. Um, you know, with Lily, I did, I think the most cause she was my first and you know, I mm-hmm. talked about how like I kind of found my mom group and we would, people would rotate and we would host and they weren't crazy. I mean, we had a couple elaborate, events, you know, certain people would go really (laughs) over the top and I love them, but it was crazy. But for the most part, it was like, Oh, everybody like, Hey, bring a quick bag of something or a dish. And we would all get together. We would play with the kids for a good hour, set everyone up for a good nap and like go home. And it was great. Like those days I like I lived for, because I think too, again, the reality versus the expectation, like you think you're going to be able to do all like these things. And you know, when you have a challenging nurser or these, like you really need people who get it, like you said, that are in your season, Um, you know, and if you don't, it's really hard. Like I remember, I I will say, I've talked about this before, like setting with women that definitely seems like Gina said, like to have it all together. Right. And I'm sitting Mm -hmm. here going, dying inside going, why don't I feel like that? Like my kid screams and I'm on a nipple shield and she doesn't sleep and I'm miserable. But then, you know, it's funny, you get those same people outside of that group and you're one-on-one and they're like, oh God, like I'm dying. And you're like, but you just portrayed something completely different. So, right. yeah. And I was going to say, that's something I'm, I don't want to say guilty of, but like maybe some people think I have it all together because on Instagram, you know, we're not sharing much about Haley. I just, it's kind of like how you said Remy is, like he doesn't want to be on social media. And like, I don't know how she's going to be. I don't want to assume that she wants her face shown. So it's like, we don't put her in that position. That's a huge thing. Yeah. I think more people don't think about that reality. Um, you know, I I think now, uh, what is it? No better, do better. I think I would change certain things that I did, not everything, but how I showed up with my kids on social media. Right. Because that's the thing. Like a lot of people, if I'm, you know, there's a a good friend of mine that we go on walks once every week or every other week. She lives pretty close. And so, like, the girls will be in the strollers, and we'll just walk and chat, and it's, like, our mommy and me hangout time, right? But she'll tell me about stuff she's going through, and she's like, oh, it just seemed like it was so easy for you. And I was like, girl, like, I don't post everything I'm going through, because a lot of times I have to process it. Like, I don't, I'm not like you, Sarah, where, like, you're so comfortable sharing the good and the bad, whereas, like, I'll talk to people. I'm an open book, but I don't like to 
I don't even want to say air my dirty laundry, but it's because I need to like process it before I share it, you know, kind of stuff. No, Does that totally. Make sense? You like, know, and you know what? Yeah. I, I, you know, I've been on a major self-discovery. I want to say like, I mean, I know who I am. I've discovered who I am, but I'm like learning other things like personally about myself and Right. There was this thing that talked about why you overshare and they were talking about like trauma and childhood. And it was too why you oh. overshare and feel the need to talk about things is because when you were a child, like no one listened. Right. And I like that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, wow. It's like when you're <laughs> so open about sharing and you kind of like am this like crazy open book, and you're like, sure, ask me whatever. Like I'll tell you. And you know, you're like, if I didn't know you, I would think some of your stuff is BS, but it's like, you know, yes. I don't lie because my <laughs> stories are pretty crazy. And so, yep. <laughs> but it was like that like quote hit me. It was like, okay, well, I guess that's why I'm this like insane hmm. oversharer because obviously no one listened to me. So, Hey, I'll just keep on talking. But again, everyone's that's different, you know? Yeah. Like you process totally. things completely different. That's like Gina and I have been friends since, well, our kids went to, you know, preschool together, but on different um, track, like I had an AM, she had a PM, but we would always like cross paths. And then we ended up at the same charter school and we were like, oh, hey, I know you. And, you know, <laughs> one thing like Gina and I, like it's, we didn't have a ton in common at the time other than our kids. But over time, it's like, there is no smoke and mirrors. She like, I'm yep. having a tough time. Like this is happening. Same thing with me. Like we were able to just always have this open dialogue of like, hey, crap's not all like easy. And <laughs> right. this is hard. And, you know, like, I mean, we have went through preschool stage, elementary school stage, middle, middle school, school. And now we're in high school and we're like, holy holy crap. I'm scared for that, honestly. Like oh, you should be. Everyone that's listening. <laughs> everyone that's listening and currently in babyhood. Enjoy uh, babyhood. Enjoy enjoy, to oh, yeah. enjoy toddlerhood. Like yep. because high school, it, I mean, like I it's don't next level. High school's next level. It, for it's sure. I don't even know. Like I feel like Gina and I need therapist. Like it's bad. <laughs> probably, it would probably be beneficial, honestly. Like I'm not laughing at that, but it's it is funny to compare it because everyone you know com complains about the season they're in, but like having friends like you guys where you're ahead of me in the motherhood journey, I know like. I, it's a whole other sense of loss of control, right? Like, whereas now I'm like, okay, if she climbs on something and falls over, I feel bad because I wasn't there to protect her. But it's like, eventually I'm not going to be there for everything. So it's like when she goes to high school or is driving or what, it's like, you can't always be there. And that's what's going to scare me. You oh know? yeah. No, that's actually, I mean, it's really, really hard. I think the loss mm -hmm. of control and like, um, it's weird. Like we're both, Gina and I are both so hands-on with our kids you know, where we've talked right. about, we're seeing the other side where a lot of parents are backseat or we don't know, like Gina and I talk about it. Are they like disinterested or are they like, do they know something we don't know? Should we be letting go more? But it's like, <laughs> we, like I've picked up kids that I have not even like spoken to their parents and you know me, no one's taking oh, my really? kid unless... You know, yeah, I know oh, yeah. your first and last name, your phone number, your address, where your, you live. Give me your social yeah. security number. Like, <laughs> I'm crazy. And so I'm like, it's just amazing how different, you know, it is. But it is. It's a loss of, you know, control and a lot of letting go. And mm -hmm. I wonder, too, you know, because we have our first in high school. So mm -hmm. this is all first to us, just like we talked about yeah. your first baby. It's True. all different. And then the second baby, it's a little bit easier. You're like, oh, they do vomit all the time. It's yeah. not a problem. Okay. <laughs> so I wonder if 
for high school, like maybe our second and third through high school will actually be easier. I think it will. We'll know what to expect. That's a good idea. I, I think yeah. it's I think, the unknown. Yeah. That's the scary part. It is. And it's yeah. like it, yeah. the world is so different, you know, than when, you know, we were those ages. So it's just yeah it's a whole different ballpark and one that again Mm -hmm. like you're just not prepared for and you hear all these things and you have the again the expectation but let me tell you the reality is vastly different I mean the reality of getting these text messages I mean how many text messages do you think you get a day from your your kids I will say it has slowed down. Oh, thank God. It has definitely slowed down. Your but phone was dinging like crazy for a while. It was. I, my middle schooler has not texted me at all this year. I'm not sure if they're cracking really? down on the cell phone use, but my high schooler all the time. I'm like, aren't you in class? Aren't you, aren't you paying attention? So they do. They But it's like they need that connection. I don't know what it is. I think they do. But it's like, you know, nothing prepares you for the like, hey, mom, like I was with Gina the other day. We were at our fulfillment center and I get a, a message first. that's like, hey, mom, the fire alarms are going off. We're evacuating. And I'm like, what? oh, my God. Yeah. And I mean, we've had some like, hey, there's a shooter drill. We don't know if it's real or not. Like, oh, no one prepares you for that stuff. And that's really right. hard. Is like you said, like when they're climbing a bookshelf, like, I mean, you're kind of there and you're seeing things, but like here, we're completely just like, we can't even get into them. You know, like I was at a car line pickup waiting for uh, Lily outside and the alarms were going off and she was texting me. It was, it was like her first big, um, like alarm that they weren't like someone tripped it and they didn't know it, but they Mm. at the time were trying to assess what was going on. And she's texting me, mom, I see you're here because she has life 360 and she's like, I can't get to you and I just want to leave. I just want to come home. She was oh. so terrified. And I'm like, how scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that's the stuff that we're now, again, it's all like new to us and first, but and it's terrifying. I think maybe you're right. Maybe we'll be more prepared for the middle and the for babies the, the to go. Step, yep. Although yeah. Gina and I think we're just going to keep our babies because they're just so sweet. They're so sweet. We're so nervous. <laughs> High school them. doesn't need them. It doesn't deserve them. No. Right. <laughs> they're too nice. I'm like, that, well, that's maybe so they'll. Sweet. Not that they'll like toughen up, but maybe, I don't know, maybe things will change when they get to high school. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Well, they have to grow up. I think sometimes we look at them now at nine and 10 years old and we're like, oh, they're going to get destroyed in high school. But they are going to be several (laughs) years older when they finally get there. So I'm sure that growing up will (laughs) weigh a little bit more. (laughs) Weigh a little bit more in Gina's son's case and be a little bit taller. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. So now, because we will go off on our tangent about high schoolers, because that's our season, (laughs) let's get back to your season with just like, how have you, how has Julie the person changed now that Julie is not just Julie, Julie the Mm -hmm. wife, you go through all these like, right, titles that you kind of gained. Now you're Julie the mom. How has Julie the mom changed? I just got chills when you said that, first of all. (laughs) Oh. So yeah, I love, okay. I don't cry Julie pictured I know I might I have always pictured being a mom and I love being a mom like my heart finally feels fulfilled and it's like probably the cheesiest most most cliche thing in the world but like it's my favorite job title is being her mom so like first and foremost I'm very very happy about it but yeah I think the biggest change that I've noticed in myself because both of you know and anyone that knows me is I'm a recovering people pleaser and I tend to be kind of a pushover because I don't like to be the one pushing. I don't like to say no to people. I don't like to rock the boat in any situation. You know, I'm, I try to be as easygoing as 
possible. And now being a mom, I actually am standing up for myself and my family more. And I'm like, no, we don't have to say yes to every event that we get invited to, or, you know, she's not having a great day. So like, I'd rather not go out or I can do grocery shopping the next day or, you know, it comes down to like the little things like that, but I'm actually like setting boundaries for us, you know, and that's huge for me. Like I never really did that. Huge for you. Yeah. (laughs) And it, it honestly, it was terrifying at first. Like even when I was pregnant, I started doing this and I just had this like weird confidence, I guess, knowing that I was a mom and like being able to like turn down things or, thinking about like job offers and be like, no, it's not going to meet my needs as a mom. Like if I have to be in the office every single day, that's not what I want, you know, or like things like that where I'm actually like thinking through it instead of like, Oh, I'll make it work or it should be fine. Or it's like, no, I'm actually like prioritizing how I feel, what I want. And at the end of the day, what's best for us. Right. So like, that's something that's been huge is like, I don't know. I feel like a huge transformation is it was scary at first. Yeah. But now I feel very, at peace about it because I know it's what's best and I'm not just being a jerk about it like no I don't want to do that it's like you know I'm, I'm taking into consideration okay she's heating again or she didn't sleep well or I didn't sleep well or we got sick or whatever it's like I used to just push through all this stuff and be like eh, it's fine like I come last whatever but now I'm like no my family comes first in this situation and I need to make the right decision you know no, I, I totally, I can relate to that <laughs> on so many levels because you know that yep. that's the catalyst for me of how I left my relationship with my mom is, you know, yes. I tried, I tried through baby number one and it was very rocky. I tried through baby number two and not much changed because she's just never going to change. And it, well, it was hard, but I changed my kids mm-hmm. made me change in ways that like, I'm so thankful for them. You know, like they gave yes. me strength that I didn't know I had. And a purpose that yep. I didn't know I had and a responsibility that, you know, I truly needed. And, you know, I owed them to have a different life. And so, you know, baby number three, uh, exactly like a month in, I was done. There was never going to be any boundaries that she was going to stay within or follow. My family was suffering because I was suffering. I was not a good mom because of that relationship and I ended it. And we're actually going to be, you know, going on 10 years and it is the best thing that I did. I mean, it's a different set of boundaries than what you're talking about, but me setting those boundaries and taking care of myself so I could take care of my family is why I'm here and where I'm at now. Like without my kids, without my kids and the strength that they gave me, And, you know, my husband, like, I would not have ever have, like, walked away from it because I was a people pleaser and I was Mm -hmm. very obedient. Like, you realize all these things, again, when you start diving in, like, not to, like, go off topic, but you start diving into, like, your childhood and, like, how it affects you as a person, you know, which ties into motherhood. Like, the things that we do ultimately Mm -hmm. matter, like, the shapes the people they're going to be. You know, I was always obedient, always, you know, like I put myself and my needs always down and I felt miserable all the time. But when Mm -hmm. I stopped doing it, (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, this is what it feels like to kind of be free and to like prioritize yourself and your kids. And I I mean, I still not perfect. I prioritize my kids way over myself. But even now I'm getting where I'm like, okay, no, I matter. I actually said like this year going into the new year which, you know, we're almost coming to an end of another year, that this was the year I was going to be selfish. And I said it to my family. I said, it's, you know, I'm here for everybody and I love everybody, but I have given 
you know, 15 years of myself to everybody that I need Mm -hmm. to be a little selfish and have some boundaries. Like there's got to be a little bit more respect my way too. That's for you. I need these things. So like motherhood changes you. And I think with each season, you change even more. Don't you think, Gina? Oh yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, you just get stronger every year. It's almost like you, the things you think you can't possibly handle, once you handle them, you're like, oh, I did it. You right. kind of pat yourself on the back. <laughs> I, I do. I just think it makes you a stronger person. Um, I think with age comes wisdom. And so, you know, none of us are getting any younger. But yeah. as we watch our kids <laughs> grow up, you see how fast time goes. And um, I don't know. I just think you learn a lot along the way and you come out a better person on the other side. No, motherhood really does. It makes you, what is it, strong like a mother? Like it yeah. makes yeah. you, I mean, it gives you, I mean, you talk, you see those like articles, right? Like about like superhuman powers that some mom had and you're like, you get it. We are oh, yeah. on another level. Like, you know, you, we protect fiercely. We like give, we love, like we, there's no strength, like motherhood strength, you know? And I think that yeah. it, it changes you, you know, it can change you. Some people just simply, it doesn't, you know, I know people that are the same way and you know, it didn't change them for the better, but I know me, like it changed me for the better. And, you know, being a mom was actually never on my personal radar, I think, because I had such a rocky relationship. I, and I was an aunt really young. So I was like, oh, I know what taking care of kids is like. I'm like, no, nope, <laughs> not for me at all. Um, but it's funny, like I have totally embraced it. And um, again, it changed me and made me a better person. So I get you, and I Julie. Think yes. And I think that's huge too, not to knock anyone because everybody's situation is different right there's some mothers that can't be home full-time or can't be home even a majority of the time or they're single parenting you know so it's like being able to be home and at least be present in the times that you are home regardless of your situation I think is going to help you tremendously as a mom or a dad because it's like you're you're working through it with this child and then you don't run into as many maybe roadblocks down the way of like the trust issues or the feeling of neglect and you know all this stuff that comes up later on that honestly is instilled at a very young age like even at a year she picks up so much like I'm just gonna brag about her for a second because she's so smart (laughs) okay so her favorite thing right now is like wearing shoes because she's walking so we didn't do like a bunch of shoe wearing before she started walking because I didn't want her to trip or whatever and I kind of heard like mixed things about that. So once I knew she had her balance and we started wearing shoes and she loves it. So now her favorite thing is like going to the shoe rack and putting on her boots or putting on her socks or whatever. And she doesn't do it perfectly. You know, she'll put the left on the right or whatever, but it's so cute because she's like, do it. That's how she says shoe. And um, so, yeah, so that's just like her thing. And so the other day we're getting ready to go to the park and I've learned, even though the park is like a five minute walk from our house, we take the strollers because that's the safest way to like cross the streets and whatever. And then once we're at the park, then she can run around and be a crazy little toddler. But I like loaded her up or no, before I loaded her up, I was like, okay, I only have one tennis shoe. So I was like, Haley, where's your shoe? And I showed her what it looked like. And I didn't think she even heard me. I kind of said it jokingly and I'm like speaking it. So I'm like, okay, where is her shoe? Right? Like I was thinking to look for it. And anyways, she comes back two seconds later, walks into the kitchen, grabs it out of the cabinet and has the shoe in her hand. And I was like, you completely understood what I just asked and you brought me your shoe. Like, it was amazing to me that this 15 month old, you know what I mean? Like, that's the example of like, she she knows so much and like, they're just sponges. Like, they absorb 
everything. They really do. So when everything. when people say like, oh, she's just young or, you know, people are still cursing around. I'm like, no, I'd prefer if you didn't. Like, <laughs> you know, like I know eventually, again, this is the control thing. Like I know eventually she's going to cuss. You know, it just happens. But like, I'd rather her not learn that at a young age. You know, like there's other words in the vocabulary to use. <laughs> oh, yes. So, they pick up yeah. everything. And then when they read, that's the next battle. It's like your fun little kitchen magnets in my case. They're like, this is a load of shit. I was like, oh, he can read that now. Guess that's going in the trash. That's really that's hard. Funny, yeah. So as we wrap up this last and final installment of you becoming a mom, we started with uh, pregnancy and your preparation mm-hmm. for like delivery, and then we went through like postpartum, and now we're talking all about the first year. What is um, something surprising about you for like our audience? Do you remember mm. our Q&A, our last three questions? We're there. <laughs> Let's see. Something surprising about me? Yes. Like, like a fun fact? Yeah. Or like... You helped develop these questions, girl. No. <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like, I think about other people, but I don't think about myself. I know what's surprising um, about you. You sing. You? you sing. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> And you sing in your sleep because I had to share a room at a conference with you and you sing like a Disney princess when you go to sleep. So that's the surprising fact about Julie to our audience. Julie sings like a that Disney a princess in her sleep. And we were, well, we didn't even think yeah, to record say, you, but I think it's because we were like, well, could she like sue us? I think that's what Chris and I said. We're like, technically no. she's my employee. Like if I film her, she's sleeping. Can she oh sue me? Oh my gosh. You know, I would not have been mad about that. So here's some background information. We all, it was three of us, right? That shared a room. And so we were all there and I, again, at that point did not have kids. So I fell asleep at the drop of a hat and you guys were like so mad at me that I was already asleep. You're like, how, how's that even possible? Right. And then the next morning you told me that I was singing and the first thing I said, I wasn't even surprised. I just go, was I on pitch? Did I sound good? Yeah. That's what she tells us. And we're just looking at her. Like, mind you, we couldn't, we tossed and turned, couldn't fall asleep. Her husband was texting her. Uh, I have insomnia. I was sick. I had you a cough. You were so mad at me. I, I, we oh, were yeah, like, just were like, oh yeah, sick. I was deathly Forgot ill, but I'm like, I'm going on this trip. And, um, we were, so it's like five 30 in the morning and she's like, well, did I sound good? Was I on tune? Like pitch? I'm like, I don't know. Go get me coffee. I was like, you're on coffee. Like, I don't even know what day it is. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you're on coffee. You're it. I was so, so tired. All right. So question number two is, what is some advice you now that you're officially a year, like you're a veteran mom, like what advice would you give your fellow mom of kind? Yeah. So I'm probably stealing this from you or somebody else that told me this, but wake up early before the kids wake up. So even if it's 10, 15 minutes, you know, depending on what you want to do that morning, Haley usually wakes up anywhere between 6.30 or 7, like almost like clockwork every single morning. (laughs) So if I wake up at 6, then that gives me a solid amount of time to either eat breakfast by myself or shower or do a workout or something. Like just have that like mental break first thing in the morning. And that gives you, again, a little sense of control and having some peace and quiet to yourself before the day starts so you're not playing catch up right like I think I think Sarah you told me that a while ago like even 15 minutes ahead of time oh yeah I'm bitter I I I well you know I'm not not a morning person I'm a night owl (laughs) um that's why I'm like don't speak to me in the morning until I have coffee like 
my husband hands me my coffee like at 530 and he like shakes a little bit like oh. I don't beat him I swear but he like shakes he's like here's your coffee <laughs> I learned early on in motherhood I mean my kid didn't sleep so I was up no matter what but like yeah. I needed that time to like just start my morning like I'm a happier peppy person and a better mom if mommy mm-hmm. has coffee time and oh, yeah. like it's my, yeah I get well, up at you least like your and I do like I am a morning person but I do love being up an hour two hours <laughs> before everyone else like I'll get up at 4 30 yep. just so I can have that peace and quiet in the morning do you read in the morning Gina because I know that that's Sometimes, like your love yeah. language mm-hmm. is that like yep. okay because you don't have coffee because you're no, a freak of nature that doesn't she need is, caffeine. We could do a whole episode on Gina not drinking coffee because I think that's like a whole physical whole anomaly thing. right there. I want I want <laughs> scientists to study Gina because I don't understand yeah. how you have three kids and you don't consume. I mean, don't drink coffee. Nothing. Like no you're, caffeine. I, I want like, your vitamin list. It's not even that she's allergic to it. She chooses not to drink coffee. I I don't really like you know? coffee. I love the smell of coffee, but I don't really like the taste of coffee. And I can't do caffeine. I think if you don't mm. drink caffeine, when you have it, it'll give you a headache or a migraine. But if you drink caffeine all the time and then you don't have it, that will also give you a headache. I, I don't yeah. know life without coffee. I have been drinking. This is, this is another factoid of me. I have been drinking coffee since I was four years old. Like legitimately oh full cups of coffee because I, I was, do not recommend that. No, like moms do not give your, well, actually I do recommend coffee. If you suspect your kid has ADHD, you start with coffee. Well, that, that is my yeah. undisclosed medical, non-medical <laughs> advice, non-medical <laughs> advice. Um, so I was given coffee for hyperactivity in the eighties, you know, hyperactivity, she's hyper and, you know, and I, I was on Ritalin for a hot minute before my parents divorced. And so it's interesting because I now am, you know, treated for ADHD because yeah, I don't, you don't outgrow it. And so anyhow, <laughs> but it's like, I only know life with coffee. Like I yeah, would go to right. a diner as a five-year-old little girl and when, you know, the adults were ordering coffee, I would order coffee and they'd always look at my mom or my great aunt and they're like, she said she wants coffee. Like, because for me, it calmed me down and it did not actually start keeping me awake till about 16. Like it worked really well. If I needed to wow. rest or calm the inner whatever workings of my brain, you gave me coffee. Now it's a whole different beast. And now I can only drink one cup a day because I'm on, you know, medication for ADHD. So... Coffee. Oh, sorry. I bumped it. Coffee is not not my friend. Like not anymore. I, I like I have to have one cup. Because you do, but you do more tea now, right? I am. I'm drinking tea right now. That was the clank. I just. Yeah. I'm totally drinking tea. Like I've. I'm growing up, guys. I'm getting so much I'm better. I'm so proud of you. And it's herbal tea. Like <laughs> for anybody no, that's been no caffeine. Oh wow! For anybody that's been following Sarah for any sort of time, like. It's amazing to me that she's drinking water now without me reminding her. And she's working out regularly. I like, know. who are you? And only one <laughs> cup of coffee. I mean, like, one cup of coffee. Like, who am I? Yeah. And my tequila, Thanks. like, consumption is, like, non-existent, too. So, like, I'm really growing up, you guys. This is fantastic. I'm so proud. We're so proud. Of yes. Who knew? 41. I mean, 41 was the year. That's the year. Midlife crisis, apparently. <laughs> So last question is, where can our audience connect with you? Like music, um, where are you, like, where are you sharing things? Yeah, so I'm, now that my life has gotten a little bit more stability, which I'm sure every mom is laughing at, um, at least today I feel more stable with sleep schedules and things like that. My plan is hopefully in 2023, I will be getting back into singing a little bit more. So my music Instagram is Julie Caleb Music. 
which I'm sure we'll link in the bio. We will. Um, you will. And then, yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> and then my personal Instagram is jkayla830, which I share a lot of like Bible quotes. And I, again, I don't share a ton of personal stuff on there, but that's my personal Instagram. The music one is just music. So whatever kind of cup of tea you're into or just stop by and reach out and say you listen to the episode that'd be great <laughs> and you get to hear and tell her if she sings like a disney princess i know she does yes. in the middle of the night for, i mean for one certain. of my best friends jenna she actually calls me the rock star disney princess because that was like i was in the rock cover band as the lead vocals and for whatever reason we took this like photo i forgot which filter it was on instagram like years ago and it made your eyes look huge like the disney princesses oh i remember so that. ever since then yeah ever since then she called me her rock star disney princess so that's funny that actually yeah that pretty much sums you up well <laughs> it's always been it's always a pleasure we miss you like crazy Thank and you. we'll have to keep chatting you need to hook up with me on cloth diapers and maybe hook up with yes. rochelle and keep on sharing and texting and reaching out. And when you're in California you. next time, come see us. Yes, I know. I miss you guys. I haven't actually seen you since I've had the baby. We well, haven't seen any. Like, I see Gina like three times a year right now. It's just sad. Like, it's, I, I, I actually, I'm going to say, like, before and you we live, end what, it, like, 20 minutes away <laughs> well we're our like our kids now they keep signing up for these things they're busy they're busy oh, you're, you're at different schools now too right yeah yes. we're at different schools and like the kids yeah. are super busy both the girls are like doing their uh like the art program like with um drama and school news and they keep signing up for these things and which means gina and i are signing up for these things like i'm picking lily up at like 11 o'clock on friday night lights i'm exhausted oh my god and then she's like so didn't she start driving or not yet no both girls are in driver's ed yeah okay we're getting ready yeah we don't know what that looks like oh that's scary (laughs) i've heard insurance rates go up significantly when you add like a team driver is that true oh yeah yeah, it's a good Ooh. thing Ward's already lost all his hair because I think those rates are going to make it fall you out. You know, I don't even like to drive here in California, so I'm so worried oh, about yeah. my kids. It's so stressful. Every time we go back or, like, even when we were living there, I was like, oh, like, it's just, you feel claustrophobic. There's so many cars. There's so many people that cross, like, walking that don't even look at the light. Through, and you're like, it's not even your turn to go. Like, no, We're going to have to do a whole episode. That's a whole podcast, a whole podcast oh, on yeah. teenagers because... <laughs> oh, it's a doozy. It's a big, big doozy. And but now I probably sound like a granny, but now with cell phones, right? Like that's a whole other distraction while they're driving. Oh, yeah. Like, again, not sponsored by Life360, but obsessed with Life360. I like it, it's great. It will tell you when they're in a car and the speed that the car is going and where oh, they're at. Like cool. you can put a bubble. So if they like leave the bubble, it will like burst and they like get an alert. I, no like, way oh yeah no we're learning oh my gina and i are learning That's some really cool. cool teen stuff so we'll have to do an episode on on the new like the expectations and realities stuff. of teenagers and the apps yeah. even though we're like you know total granny status on apps we have no idea <laughs> um but yeah that's a whole nother episode but it's been a pleasure give Haley a kiss thank for you us so much. And thank you for like just you know giving your time to us to like just help other moms that are in the thick of it in their first year I think it's nice that we'll have this little archive of like pregnancy postpartum and then the first year so I really appreciate you friend thank you guys and again like if you guys whoever's listening if you reach out to me on Instagram and I see your message sometimes I go into the spam but if I see your message and you're asking me a question about something we talked about I am an open book I again probably won't post about it on social but if you need comfort or have questions about postpartum and whatnot like I'm here (laughs) 
I, I love that. Thank Ask you away. for always supporting your fellow mama kind. You're awesome. And now you're officially part of the mom culture crew because you are a mama in the thick of it. We love you, girl. <laughs> Bye. Love you. Bye. Julie. Bye.